Amen. 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 Mm. <clears throat> Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful we can come together and worship you. And Lord, we just uh, pray for you just to open our eyes to the deep things of your word. And Lord, we ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to uh, just reveal things to us this morning about your Holy Spirit. And as we're going to talk about him this morning, I just pray you would just open our minds to just be able to see the truth of who he is. And Lord, we just pray that through the Lord Jesus Christ that you would say, come Holy Spirit, come, and that you be our teacher. And so, Lord, we thank you that we have you to work through us and Holy Spirit work through us and strengthen us. And we give you thanks for that. And so, Lord, I do pray you would just uh, be with us this morning. I pray just anything that come out of my mouth would be uh, edifying to you. Anything come out of my mouth that would just be uh, prompted by the Holy Spirit and that each heart would be able to receive. And so we thank you for this truth and we do ask you to really stirring our hearts and because it's just dead letters on a page unless you come and touch us and so we say come holy spirit come in the name of the lord jesus amen amen hallelujah turn if you will this morning we'll be starting off in john chapter 14 john chapter 14 verse 26 and i have an overhead here but john chapter 14 verse 26 says this the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, as we look at this, uh, as you notice the title, you know, this is a title definitely would seem to get people's attention in a church. <laughs> you know, it's like the forgotten God. You go, okay, where's he going here? What does this mean? The forgotten God. Um, and um, actually, there was a really good book written several years ago by Francis Chan under the same title. It's a really good book. And uh, also, I gave a message on this same under the same title 10 years ago so i don't know if y'all anybody here 10 years ago remember it but so i've used the title and talked on it 10 years ago now hopefully i've learned a couple of things since then you know it won't be a lot of repetition here but it's to identify and talk about this subject of the holy spirit and um but before we talk about this the subject of the holy spirit uh we need to acknowledge the Christian doctrine of the Trinity. I mean, all believing Christians, churches, believe in the Trinity. The Catholic Church believes in the Trinity. And it's uh, central to the belief system. And what the Trinity is a word, Trinity is a word that uh, identifies God. It's, used, it's a word used to identify God. And it embodies, the Trinity embodies three persons who each are fully God, yet who embody three, yet who embody one unity and purpose. Okay, I'll repeat that again, okay? The Trinity is a word to identify God who embodies three persons who are each 
fully God, yet are one in unity and purpose. Now, that's a doctrine of Christianity. That's a doctrine of Christianity, of the Trinity. Now, uh, sometimes it's hard to get our arms around it, but it's clearly in the Scripture, and God um, clearly portrays each of the persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, as God and is one and for one purpose. Now, I had a third grader. I was teaching a third grade class, and I had a third grader explain it to me this way. He said, Pastor Wallace, it's like an egg. An egg is made up of the yolk, the white, and the shell. While each part is equal and necessary, all three must be present to have an egg. I've used it ever since. <laughs> ever since. You know, I mean, it's like whatever theologian I hear and says, I say, I can top what you said. Anyway, so, yeah, nice kid we got. But, so, but that does explain it. It really does help explain it, give a little context to what that is. Now, so as, as we look at this, we have to understand that the Trinity is Christians, we believe, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit make up God, but each one individually are God. Now, as we look at the uh, Holy Spirit, and as we look at the Holy Spirit, we want to acknowledge that he is God within the Trinity, with the Father and the Son, equal persons, three equal persons. Now, what we have is Christians... Typically, this is typically what I believe, when we pray or when we think about Christian faith, we really focus on God the Father and God the Son, just typically. I mean, like there's, dear God, help us. Oh, dear, sweet Jesus, answer our prayers. That's typical, and that's great. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And also, uh, last week, we our message last week. We correctly we we correctly acknowledge that the Bible that the Bible is the revelation, the revealing of Christ and the redemption of man. That's what the Bible's all about. That's the reason God is building that, and it's so important for us to see. And it is true, because without Jesus, without Jesus, we don't have a Savior and we don't have salvation. So you have to have that, and you have to start there. And as long as you start there and you see what the Bible says, you don't get off base. You don't get off base. You have to have God. Jesus is central because he's our Savior, and that's our salvation. And that principle doc doctrine reconciles us with God the Father. All God's people say that. Amen. All right. So we see this. Now, but what we see here, what we see here is that in this verse, we see here that God the Father will send us the Holy Spirit to enable us to live life on this earth. You with me? God the Father sends the Holy Spirit to enable us to live life on this earth. Now, technically, I'll ask the question rhetorical, where's Jesus? 
Don't make me think about it. It's just the right hand of God. He's the right hand of God. So in this dynamic, you see the Father, Jesus, crucified, dead, and buried, resurrected at the right hand of the Father. And now he sends the Holy Spirit to us on earth to enable us to live out our salvation. Now, we say, that, and you know, we'll say, Christ in us, God in us. And that's okay. Why? Because Christ is what? God. The Father is what? God. Holy Spirit is what? God. So, I mean, whatever you say, either one's good. Okay? Either one of them is just, just fine. And even there's in Colossians, it says, here's a great mystery. I talk about Christ in you. Is that a contradiction? No. Not a contradiction. Because Jesus is God, just like Christ is God, is within us. Technically, Jesus is the right hand of God, and technically is the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. But it doesn't make any difference. You would, dear God, help me. Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. He's not going to. You said that wrong. He's <laughs> not going to do that. All right? But technically, if you want to look at it, this is the dynamic that, you know, is there but it's not a big deal and it's nothing to fuss over it's not even something that you know you need to um, be concerned about but when we look at this when we look at this we want to identify the particular um, purpose in all eternity that God so loved the world amen God so loved the world he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So it's Jesus dying for us, taking our sins, but God sent him. God, God. Now Jesus is saying, now, wow, Jesus at the right hand of God, praise you. I mean, that's wonderful. I mean, that's just powerful. But then Jesus says, now I want to send you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So you can live this life. He will enable you to live this life. Do you remember what Jesus said to the disciples before he was resurrected? Before he was crucified and resurrected. He said to them, it's good that I go away. Where is he going? He's going, he's at the right hand of God. He said, because when I go away, I will send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And then he says, paraphrase, you will do greater things than I did. That's the dynamic, you see. The Father, Son did the ministry, and it's like, and, they, and it tells you in the scriptures, this is in John, he, they were bothered. Well, no, we're good with you here. He said, no, I'm going to go to the Father. And it's good that I go. It's good. Why? Because I will send the Holy Spirit, who is also fully God. See, Jesus didn't say this, but he could have said, God who is fully God, God the Father who is fully God, just told me, Jesus, who am fully God, that he will send the Holy Spirit who is fully God. I mean, that's what he could have said. But that's what's happened. That's what happened. Now, 
So when we look at it like this, we go, well, therefore, if this is all true, which is this, therefore, the Holy Spirit is crucially important. You don't try to make a, all we believe in is God the Father. All we believe in is Jesus. All we believe in is the Holy Spirit. All we depend on is the Father. All we depend on is Jesus. All we depend on is the Holy Spirit. We, we said, well, no, it's all of us, and we each served a function here. Each of us served a function here. And the only reason I'm bringing this up and doing it this way because I'm saying it's, we're going to talk about the far forgotten God. It's not the Father, typically. It's not Jesus, typically. Typically, it's the Holy Spirit. He's not the one on the tip of our tongue, usually, okay? And which is interesting, because we have God the Father, God the Son, and they decided that together that they'll send the Holy Spirit to indwell us so we can live out the Christian life. Um, again, I don't want to, God help me, Jesus help me, Holy Spirit, and making difference i mean however you're praying i don't want you to change just keep going but just we won't get technical about it it's it's the holy spirit it's empowering us to be able to live in this world and so i believe it would just you know it help us out maybe we can encompass and have the understanding of all three but also entitled this the one we tend to forget now, some people don't forget the Holy Spirit and blow him up bigger than God and the, Jesus. Well, you know, then you get off base. We stand on the foundation of Jesus because he's the one who reconciled us. And we stand on that, on that foundation. We won't get confused about the Holy Spirit because Jesus reconciled us to God. You know, and what the Holy Spirit will do will speak to us so that we will walk consistent to our position with God. All right? So, anyway, you got here. And I, just default. Everything I said, just default back to the egg. Look, <laughs> right? The egg. That guy had it. The little kid had it. And I'm serious. Third grade. Third grade. So, what we're going to look at this morning, we want to talk about the Holy Spirit that seems to be, in a lot of cases, forgotten or at least very, very neglected. So, we're going to look at the importance and the work of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, so as we look at this, we know from our reading, and you, you all looked at this as nothing new, we know that the Holy Spirit came with power after Jesus' resurrection on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That's when the Holy Spirit... <laughs> came now the Holy Spirit operated before that, but that's when He came, and what changed about His operation on the earth then is that He permanently indwelt all believers. In the Old Testament, you see Him coming, going, and going back. He came upon Samson. He left Samson. You know that's how He worked. Now He permanently indwells. He does not ever leave. He doesn't ever leave. And so when Pentecost happened, when Pentecost happened, um, we, we know the Holy Spirit came. Jesus told the disciples he's going to come. In fact, what did he tell them? 
don't go anywhere. Don't, you know, don't get fired up about your ministry. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. He said, don't go anyplace. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes and gives you power. The Old Testament tells us the Holy Spirit will come in the future and give us power. In fact, after the Holy Spirit came, the Jews are going, what is this crazy stuff? And what does Peter do? He quotes the Old Testament. And he says to all the Jews at Pentecost, he says this in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. It says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. That's what's happening. He told us. Told us. And we could go through a whole list of other verses. But that's the one Peter quoted. Now, so we see that that happened. And all of y'all on birth, you understood this is what happened. But here, too, we see the Holy Spirit came permanently indwelling the apostles. And then we see... In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that from the very beginning of the church, the very beginning of the church, the Holy Spirit was recognized as an integral part of our salvation. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is integral to our salvation. We are saved by the death of Jesus. But in that cleansing, in that reconciling, in that salvation, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live out what Jesus called us to do. And so here's Peter. Here's Peter. He's, has, he's received the Holy Spirit, you know. And now here is his message, immediate message. Acts chapter, same chapter, Acts chapter 2. They received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's poured out on them. They waited for it. In Acts 2.38, it says this. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of our sins. All believing churches that I understand, you know, they will say that. They will say those words right up to that point, which is 100% correct. But it's not, all, it's not all what he said. He said, and Peter said to them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Two, you are forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You pray over somebody that's bound in some terrible sin, whatever it may be. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, repent, believe upon Him, and your sin's forgiven. He is forgiven. Still in His sin, still powerless, still has no capacity to live the life. But it says, no, you are forgiven and you are empowered to live the life like Jesus did. You will turn from your sins, and then you will have power to live and overcome your sin and serve Christ. Amen? Amen? Well, I want to live in my sin, come to church, and Wallace is such a wonderful preacher. I just love hearing him, and I just want to come, and but I live in my sin. We shouldn't do either one of those. <laughs> okay. Because 
if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you are forgiven, the Holy Spirit will come and empower you and you will not live in your sin. Amen? You will not live in your sin. So the Holy Spirit is really important in the salvation message, and we need to understand that. Now, so Peter clearly states that after we print, repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus, we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then, then we see that immediately after Peter receives the Holy Spirit, he is filled with the Holy Spirit and carries out his ministry. Now he carries out his ministry. In Acts 4. And see, this too, the whole thing happens. Now in Acts 4, verse 8, it says this. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders. I mean, he's taken on the Jewish leadership and the rulers of Israel. He now, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, says to the rulers. Now, this is Peter, the cowardly Peter, who denied Jesus three times. Now he boldly is talking to the leadership of the Jewish nation. This power and courage were foretold by Jesus and the Old Testament. What happened to Peter? What happened to Peter? I mean, don't forget, he denied Christ. Three times, I think it's Luke, which one says Jesus turned and looked at him. And Peter broke down and cried. Because he, he, that's who Peter was. That's who Peter was. There's nothing bold about him. Nothing bold. They said, were you with him? This is only quick. Were you with him? He said, no, I, I wasn't with him. I don't know who he was. I mean, he just said it to somebody walking by. Weren't you? No, I, I don't know him. I wasn't with him. Now... He is stepping before the Sanhedrin, Jewish leaders, and the leaders of the world, and he's proclaiming Christ boldly. What happened to Peter? I'm going to ask you, what happened? Man, that's exactly the Holy Spirit came on and he boldly. I'm going to love being forgiven, <laughs> living my sin, and just I don't want to do anything, but I know I'm favored going in heaven. Well, that's not any part of the gospel that's in the scripture. It really isn't. It really isn't. Because you accept Jesus, you're reconciled by the blood, and you receive the Holy Spirit, and then you become bold. Then you become focused because it's not who you were. It's the Holy Spirit in you, moving you to do what God wants you to do. You cannot claim to have Christ and live in your sin. You can't. Somebody's lying. You are God. Amen? So now we see this picture of like the forgotten God. We need to understand that when we are reconciled to God, the Holy Spirit indwells us. Don't forget that. And the one who dwells in us will begin to transform us. Amen? So we're getting here. 
I feel bad even going through this scripture because I share with you like five or six scripture come to mind that's, you know, that will further prove what I said. So you need to read it on your own. <laughs> it's there. It's there. All right. Now, so we need to understand that Peter, all of a sudden, I'm using Peter as an example because he's the one that pulled out here. Peter wasn't like, he didn't come out and say, okay, I'm going to suck it up. and I denied Christ and the Holy Spirit's coming. And so I'm just going to really, you know, get some help from the folks. And i got to make a stand for Jesus. And I'm going to do everything to make up for what I did. And so I can speak the way I should to about Jesus. And I haven't spoken to that many people before. And maybe I get a little pointers on how to say what I need to say. But, you know, I don't have time to do it. You know, correspondence course or something. I just have to do the best I can and, you know, try to figure out how I can work to now carry out what Jesus has told me. He didn't do that, did he? He didn't do that. See, because what happened is the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Spirit gave me power. The Holy Spirit transformed. The Holy Spirit gave him words. And here's just a byline. That's normal Christianity. That's normal. <laughs> you know, it's not just for, no, it's normal. I mean, Peter wasn't the sharpest tool in the woodshed. He wasn't, you see. So, and there's a reason for that. It's like, hey, Peter did that. What am I doing here, you know? Now, that's just my edit there. But what we have, it is... It is by the Spirit. And we see this again in the Old Testament. And this is a verse familiar to all of you probably, or most of you, but in Zechariah 4.6. Zechariah 4.6. It says this. It's not by might. It's not by power. But by my Spirit, declares the Lord. You know? And, and I always say this, a little sarcastic. Well, I need some theologian to interpret this for me. Interpret. You know, no, you don't. You have to have be at a first grade reading level. And you will understand what this says. Now, application is different. Reading it and understanding it is not different. Not by mind, nor by power, but my spirit declares the Lord. This is not human wisdom it's not human power and it's not religious ritual it only comes by the holy spirit that's the reason I say it's a forgotten god it's a forgotten god it's a neglected god because we really were understanding who he was and who we are i mean be a bunch of really strong confident powerful people not bound in their own sin i mean just based on what this says and again i'm being convicted as you may be convicted but so we think about it. it is the spirit it's not human Effort. It's not human effort. You know, that's, re you know, I think a lot of times, you know, churches preach the law, 
you know. And it's really kind of cool to preach the law because when you preach the law, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, and you've got to do this. And it really helps to get things done because they've got to do this, they've got to do this, and they've got to do this, you know. And so you get things done. But God goes, no, that's not what we do. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit. Well, if this is by the Spirit, they're going to do, not going to do anything. Well, it's not the Spirit. They're not going to do anything. What's their issue? Is their issue to get them to do something? No, their issue is their walk with Christ. You know, you don't, you don't do nothing. You, you're just going to have to work. What's wrong with you? You know, you lazy. But it's like, no, you're not doing anything. What, how are you and Jesus doing? I mean, have you given yourself to him? Have you sought him? You know, have you prayed to him to see him go before you and give you the strength? Where are you and Jesus in this? Because it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And something's going on between you and his spirit. Or something's going on you and not his spirit. Amen? Amen? Now, so <laughs> when we look at this, so we kind of got the picture here. We kind of got the picture here and what God is doing. And so we want to see that... Um, where's here we will see here also that for christians being filled with the holy spirit for christians being filled with the holy spirit is necessary you hear me for christians being filled with the holy spirit is necessary necessary and all through the book of acts you see it's necessary necessary now as we look at this, we need to understand this is not some difficult, you know, and mysterious task. And Linda's not here this morning, so I'm going to go ahead and say this. <laughs> She'll go, shouldn't have said that. Anyway, before the Lord, <laughs> before the Lord, what happens, be filled with the Spirit. And, and you see stuff that after a while, and, you know, I kind of bought into it, you know, but after a while you look and say, this is not right. Something's wrong with it. We want you to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to have Adam up, up here, and he's going to play this real song, good song, you know. And he's going to get us in the mood, and he's going to get us going, and, and we're going to go here pray, and I'm going to talk to you and encourage you and kind of, you know, prod you on to just open and call on the Spirit and receive the Spirit. And Adam's going to just play. He's on two, three songs, you know. And then after a while, he says, you know, raise your hand if you receive the, you know, filled with the Spirit. And somebody's sitting over there, they're going, my God, if I'm going to raise my hand. I'm so tired of sitting here. If somebody never raised their hand, we'll be here all morning. <laughs> you know. And that happens. Or even worse, we could get us a fog machine. Get a fog machine. You know, I could look holy in a fog machine. You know, like here, like that. See, and so I'm being. But that's not what it's about. I mean, that is not in the Bible. It is not there. And again, if somebody came and was filled with the Spirit in that praise Jesus, he uses everything. But I'm just saying, I don't think you have to do that. I don't think you have to do that. So as we see 
What do you have to do? What does the Bible tell us? What do you have to do to be filled with the Spirit? I just want you to think about it. What do you have to do to be filled? You have to ask. You have to ask. You're not going to ask a forgotten God. You're not going to ask. You're not going to ask God that's not that important. I'm not going to ask to a God that you think's about half spooky anyway. You're not going to ask. If you don't see the need, the transformation, that you want to live the way Christ wants you to, you're not going to ask. But what God tells us is you need to ask. And there's several places. But I'm going to use this verse. It's really, and it has to do with the Holy Spirit. But it's really fasc- fascinating. Luke 11:13. And the context, the way Jesus presents this is really, in a way, it's kind of humorous. <laughs> and he says this. If you then, who are evil, who's he talking to? Who is he talking to? He's talking to me. <laughs> He's talking Jesus. You know, your Dale Carnegie class or something. You know, good grief. Wallace, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, do you know how to? Yeah, I love giving kid, gifts to our kids. Always have, you know. I just... If you know how to give good gifts to your children, you who are evil, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Well, this is you. I need a fog machine. I need Adam to play some music. No, you need to ask. You need to you need to look to me and ask me. Recognize me. Recognize the God I am. Your position with Christ, and you need to ask. And He so much more wants to give you the Holy Spirit than you want to give gifts to your children. He is much more wants to. He's begging. It's almost like He's begging to give it to us, but we have ask we have to commit to him that who he's the one we're depending on he's the one we're focusing on and says it's God I'm asking fill me with your holy spirit just as we desire to give good gifts to our children God so much more desires to fill us with the holy spirit all we have to do is ask amen Third person of Trinity. Third person of the Trinity. Now, here, need to state this again. That when we trust Jesus as our Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit. Period. We trust on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear. We receive the Holy Spirit. Every believer receives the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Romans says, if you don't have the Spirit, you're not of God. So, it's not, okay, I, I need, no, you, when you trust Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. You're sealed in the Holy Spirit right then at that time. And he comes upon you, and it's God coming within you, and there should be a twinge <laughs> in thinking and interactions. 
when we accept Christ, there's something that should change in our actions. Well, I accepted Christ. It was nothing. I go and do the way I would do. It says in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, he says, you know, examine yourself to see if you're in the Lord. Not seeing anything, maybe, but examine yourself because something should have happened. God created the universe, and he comes to dwell with us. Nothing happened. Can't be. Can not be. Cannot be. Per the scriptures, cannot be. Now, okay, so we know as believers, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, whether we understand it or not, we receive the Holy Spirit. He indwells us and starts working within us, working within us. I'm thinking about the story to tell you, and God, I missed, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but anyway, so what we want to see. So we, we're all there. We're all good. We understand this. But now what comes here where we need to understand that God encourages life. Don't, don't neglect God. Don't forget the third person, the Trinity. We need to be aware of it. And the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, we each have received the Holy Spirit when we trust in Christ. The Bible tells us to be filled and to constantly fan into a flame the gift God has given us. Does that make sense? Think about it. Everything we just said, receive the Holy Spirit, it's like, oh man, you know, I, I stopped robbing banks the first day. <laughs> you know, that was good. But I'm still not handling myself very well around. But the big stuff, big stuff started falling away, you know, because I, because I have received the Holy Spirit when I trust Christ. But what he's saying here, the Bible says, you know, to be filled, to be filled with the Spirit. And that word means consumed, that it replaces everything within you. You're so consumed, it's replaced everything with, be filled. And, um, and then it says constantly flame in to fan into a flame can you just see it just a little spark flame and you fan into a flame the gift that god gave us now i think we'll look at second uh, timothy 1 6 i have an overhead here second timothy 1 6 for this reason i remind you to fan into flame. Now, this is Timothy. He's number one disciple. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, I think overall, the, the gift of God that we have is truly the Holy Spirit that we receive at salvation. He calls it the gift of God. But it all talks about receiving spiritual gifts is a gift of God. So you have spiritual gifts also that are gifts of God. And he goes, you have these gifts, fan in it to a flame. Fan it into a flame. It's like somebody walking with the Lord and just, just you know, really has a great ministry, only not doing nothing. And you know he's sold out to the Lord. What's he doing? You come up to him, he said, we need a double anointing, which might not be bad. But he said, just fan it into a flame. What you had, just fan it back into a flame. It's up to you to fan it into a flame. He gave it to you. But now you fan it into a flame. So this gives you a picture the Holy Spirit 
dwells in us so that we can live out the Christian life and behave like Jesus. And he says, sometimes you just need to fan into a flame. Why? To live out that Christian life. Meaning that flame can go down, you know, and you can just kind of go on. You kind of got a pilot light. You know, just a pilot. Nicky Gumbel, he had a great one. He says, most Christians are just pilot-like Christians. He says, what God wants to do, you flip the switch, and the whole furnace goes, And he says, yo, you can be a pilot-like Christian or a Christian. See, this is what Paul's saying here. Come on, Timmy, you need to fan into the flame. You've got to do something here. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit is actively working in us, but we have to cooperate with him and fan into a flame and give him the opportunity to flow out through us and show his power to those around us. All God's people said amen. See? Now, so, so fanning into a flame and being filled with the Holy Spirit are descriptively portrayed in Ephesians 5.18. 5.18. And it says this, I kind of condense it, Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You see, what's he saying? You need the Holy Spirit. No, you got the Holy Spirit, you know. Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Now think about this. I love, you know, you go, why did he use it? You know. Too much wine, too much wine controls your body in a certain way. That, that's the picture, too much wine. And so it impacts how you behave, too much wine. He said, don't, don't do that, too much wine. But be filled with the Spirit, and just like wine controls you, the Spirit controls you. The Spirit is moving. The Spirit is prompting. The Spirit is letting you see things. The Spirit is bringing things to mind. Because you're filled. You're filled. How do we get filled? Somebody's got to tell me. How do we get filled? Ask. Ask. Oh, dear God, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Fill me. God, fill me. They should ask. Yeah, I got to, now this. I thought it was neat. It's funny. I think I may try it. But there's this lady, and it's kind of a church-like type service anyway. And so she came up, and she's going to pray. And she goes, activate Holy Spirit. Activate Holy Spirit. I, I'm going to do that. I think that's worth preaching. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Well, she's dead on. She's dead on. Now, some of you may, I'd be a little embarrassed to say that, but she's dead on. Come in, activate Holy Spirit. And whoever you're praying, probably scare them to death. They may straighten up right there. But you see, the principle is right. The principle is right. You come in, oh, we're dead. No, activate Holy Spirit. Activate. Show me. Teach me. See, that's the point. That's the point, what we see here. Now, so it's being filled with the Spirit. How are you filled with the Spirit? Now, follow me here. How are you filled with the Spirit? You come into a situation immediately. You ever notice, you know, you have um, 
like an argument. You know, so I get prepared and so that this so I won't have an argument. Like, but the problem is arguments come real quick and you're just in it before you have to have time to think not to go there. Am I the only one that does that? Okay. And so, but I thought about, no, you start to get in the argument, and you go, oh, God, I don't know what's happening. Oh, and you go, Holy Spirit, activate. Right like that. And then you don't have to do it, but you do it immediately. Okay, this is going south quick. Activate, Holy Spirit. Activate. It's immediate, and it's direct. He just wanted us to ask. It's immediate and direct. He just wants us to act. Activate. Or biblically, which used all through the ages, you could go, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. See, you don't have a time to get Adam to sing you a song and get your fog machine. You just don't have time. But you go, Activate, Holy Spirit, activate. Come, Holy Spirit, come. You ask. You ask. And God works directly. And immediate. But see, you don't study to get the Holy Spirit. You don't study. If you study, it's your human effort of studying. No, the Holy Spirit comes direct and immediate. He's in you, and he will bring to mind. Just like the cowardly Peter said to all the rulers of Israel. He said, let me get, I need to have a speaking course so I can get my act together so I can communicate to you adequately what's happening here. No, filled with the Spirit, he spoke. The Holy Spirit worked. By the way, you ought to write this one down. He works directly and immediately. You don't study to get that. If you study to get it, you get it because you're studying the Holy Spirit. will use that and that's wonderful. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about right here that directly and immediately he will bring it in mind and he will take care of the situation. You'll know what. How many of you, I'm getting a little bit off base, and you don't have to raise your hand. Have you ever witnessed to somebody or something or going something about the Lord and they're really, you know, talk, you know, concerned and you start sharing with them and they'll things come into your mind just wham, 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 wham that you haven't thought of. Never thought of. Just wham, wham, immediately. Or sometimes... Happened to me, stuff comes through your mind you never knew before. You know, I mean, it made good sense, and I thought, well, you know, that's pretty good. You know, but see, it's immediate and direct. The Holy Spirit does it. It's immediate and direct. You talk, and he is more concerned about that other person than you are. The Holy Spirit is the one who's helping us so that we can live the Christian life. Amen? So here. So right here and um, just a couple of comments on this this is really good being filled with the spirit again you know oh and i've heard about filled hey you be filled you know i'm gonna have to fast i'm gonna have to pray i'm gonna go no there's some things you need to fast you pray what you need to do now is say, holy spirit activate come holy that's what you need to ask you need to ask for the third person in the trinity you need to ask to ask. Being filled, being filled is crucial in biblical doctrine of the Holy Spirit. In the original language, this statement is an imperative and makes clear that this is a command for all Christians. 
it also is in the present tense, which points to a continuous replenishment. It literally means go on being filled. That means you've got to keep asking. You've got to keep asking. You study your Bible, you pray, He fills you, you learn, you get transformed, the Holy Spirit transforms you, you grow, but those things come up, and immediately all you have to do to be filled is ask. I'm going to say something I shouldn't say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I believe it. I don't believe you get filled with the Spirit by studying. I tell you what, I mean, I want to tell you what, I spend a lot of time studying. I love it. Just study, put time in it. Doesn't fill me with the Holy Spirit. Gives me insight. It gives me encouragement. You know, gives me application. It doesn't fill me with the Holy Spirit. In fact, I read and study so long I can't even think. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I did. Linda said, "What's for? What do you want for dinner?" I said, "I don't have a clue." I mean, don't ask me stuff so hard. <laughs> you know, see, but. The Holy Spirit, when you call upon Him, it's immediate and it's direct. And I say, well, I called upon Him and nothing happened. Said, well, then don't say nothing. That's the immediate and direct word to you. Keep your mouth shut. You see? He didn't stop working. He said, you can't do this. People aren't listening. Anyway, don't say anything. Just stand there. Jesus before Herod. Herod unloads, or Pilate unloads them to him. Jesus looked up to him. He said, he didn't say anything. He didn't say it. He didn't say anything. I mean, that's a good time. You could led Pilate to the Lord and took over the Roman Empire. I mean, that was a missed a real opportunity there. He's not. This guy's not moving, and that's us prayer. Don't say anything. See, because the promise is, you ask and you receive, and it's immediate and it's direct. Immediate and it's direct. Now, you want to be filled. It's immediate. Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. All right. Now, never forget, never forget that Jesus is the main thing. But at the same time, remember that it is also crucial to embrace the Holy Spirit to be able to powerfully live out the Christian life. By the way, now I'm going to really convict everybody here and myself it works at home. It really works well at home. If the Holy Spirit present and moving in the home, and how to have the Holy Spirit present moving in the home is for you to ask. Don't ask for your spouse. Oh, dear God, fill them. Oh, please fill them. And child number two, oh, God, fill that one. Now, that's not how it works. You say, God, fill me, you know. And then you become behaving like Jesus. And like I heard Pastor Milliken say to me one time, he says, no one can stand in the presence of Christ and not be changed. Think about that. Wow, am I in the presence of Christ? And I'm mad and she's mad and, you know, neighbors are mad. It's like, God, God, <laughs> activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And just there. Then he will move and take care of it. You are the one to be filled. You 
everyone to be pure. Amen? And I've said this before. I found a consistency in all my arguments. I found an absolute consistency in all my arguments. They're me. They're every time. It's me. I'm, I'm in it every time. It's consistent. I am the common denominator to my problems. And so Jesus said, don't ask for somebody else to be filled. You ask you to be filled. And I will handle this if you will ask to be filled. And then you can cooperate with me in what I am doing. See, this is embracing the forgotten God. Embracing the forgotten God. Okay. With that, I hope everybody's sufficiently convicted. <laughs> with that. Now, I want to go... Right now, the Holy Spirit trans the the work of the Holy Spirit is to transform us into image of Christ, give us spiritual gifts, and guide and empower us. And we ask, we ask, and then He moves, and we start being alert to what's going on around us. Now, I'm gonna say, so we good, we good. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, ask. I mean, if you don't remember anything about this message, just remember that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled. You need to ask. For you. Amen? I won't say hammer. Everybody got that? All you? Nobody's raising their hand. Ask. Ask. That's what it says. Ask. It's not some mysterious thing. It's a, and you know, you kind of have to look to Jesus and depend on him or to, to ask. Now, <clears throat> quickly, I won't go through. Um, in case you want to know more, know more about the Holy Spirit and the gifts and the third person of Trinity, I encourage you to take the Alpha class. I've got an Alpha overhead. See, I love that overhead. Okay. If you want to know more about the Christian life, and it has like four series sessions on the Holy Spirit that I believe are the best I've ever heard. That's my opinion. And if you want to know, now you can't come just to those four sessions. You've got to go to the whole class, all right? And we'll, we got you locked in for 10 weeks, okay? Anyway, but I encourage you, it is powerful if you want to know. I mean, and, and the way, and this is the teacher in me, I'm going, why wouldn't you want to know? You know, I like that. But it's a great class, great class. And um, so it, it's put together well. And again, the section on the Holy Spirit is Fascinating, fascinating. And it starts October 4th, October 4th. Now, also, I'm going to just add this to it, just my chance to plug stuff. I also teach a class called Holy Fire Tools. I have an overhead for that. Holy Fire Tools. And it is on the gifts of the Spirit. It's on the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to say something. And it's just like... I shouldn't say it, but how are you going to know if I don't say it, right? It's a class that I have put together, and in my boldest, I don't think there's a better one around. And no humility in that, is there? I mean, just not. But I don't. I mean, I've been to a bunch, and a lot of them are just long, drawn out and stuff. I believe this is as good as any I've ever been to on the gifts of the Spirit. So I just let you know, and if you want to do that, let me know. I'll do it. You know, I'll be glad to have the class if you're interested in, in doing it. And I think it's very, very insightful. Now, in closing, don't forget 
or neglect the Holy Spirit. And praying for someone to receive the Holy Spirit or be filled with the Holy Spirit is a legitimate biblical prayer. That is why it is included in the Great Commission. This is the Great Commission. Look at this, Matthew 28, 18 through 19. And Jesus said to them, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, three gods, three persons, fully God, make up the one God. Let's just pray for a minute. Let's pray. And please bow. Just please bow. Lord, uh, mm, we recognize you that there's nothing in this that's been said that's worth anything unless you come and touch us. Unless you come. And you're not going to come and touch us unless we ask. Unless we ask. And so... I don't know if uh, anyone's here just want to be filled with the Spirit. Just never even thought about that. Want to be filled with the Spirit. Or maybe you've thought about that, but just have a gift that you haven't, you know, responded to what God's put into you and just need to fan into a flame. You know, won't you just uh, pray with me? Just, just pray with me now and just go before the Lord and just say, you know, and just in your own mind, just say, dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your scripture. We thank you for what you've told us about the Holy Spirit. And we thank you. It is the Holy Spirit specifically that's working in us to transform us, to empower us. And Lord, we ask, we ask, Lord, fill us. Fill me. In your mind, say, dear God, dear Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, dear Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Just pray that. Holy Spirit, fill me. And as, as you're thinking of that, there's the Holy Spirit filling you that only He can do. Only He can do. He's saying, maybe He's asking you and this is what you do. He's asking you to be filled. He's saying ask, but he's saying to the empowered, he's saying fan. Fan into a flame. Fan into a flame. That. He said, well, I'll do that. Just have your eyes open and step into each situation he gives you. Call upon him. Ask in each situation. And you will fan that flame. You'll fan that flame. The Holy Spirit works immediate and direct. The Holy Spirit. Now, he gives us insight when we study. Don't get me wrong. But the power of the Holy Spirit comes immediate and direct when we ask. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for each person here. And we praise your holy name. And we do say... We do say right now, dear God, we say, come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.